This show furnished by Key Light Counseling Center. Are you looking for an alternative to drug and alcohol rehabilitation that allows you to recover in the privacy of your own home with an individualized program that meets your specific needs? Concierge Detox LA can be that alternative. Headed by medical addiction specialist Dr. Damon Raskin and clinical psychologist Dr. Howard Gloss, Concierge Detox LA will design an individualized program to meet your recovery needs. For more information, contact Concierge Detox LA at 323-935-9712. You're listening to The Shrink and the Showman with Dr. G. I'm Dr. G, and as you heard, we're here with The Shrink and the Showman. And actually, tonight we have a showwoman. So uh, I'm very excited about that. And you know, what inspired me to do this show was I get a lot of people in the entertainment industry who come into my office and they come in for therapy or counseling, or just get some advice. And I hear time and time again how frustrating it is for people out there to try and get their projects off the ground or try to get cast in films, etc. And what makes it so difficult, and I know a lot of people out there are experiencing the same thing, especially people trying to deal with the entertainment industry, is you face so much rejection and so much of your life is out of your own control. And when I was thinking about that, I heard about this woman, and her name is Elizabeth Blake Thomas. I'm going to bring her on in a moment. But what is fascinating about Elizabeth, who is a British writer, director, philanthropist, she's also the founder of Mother and Daughter Entertainment, which makes content no matter what. And as I spoke to uh, Elizabeth, what I learned is Elizabeth never lets money get in the way. She has decided to create a very successful career based on uh, creating her own path. And that's what I wanted people to hear, that there are people out there that don't take no for an answer. They don't depend on other people to create their life. Sure, it's great to have all that going, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you should also have something as an alternative, have your own vision, your own journey, and just go out there and grab that future for yourself. So listening to this inspirational story can also inspire you to go out, especially as the new year is coming up, and uh, create your own path in your own life. So if you want to call in, our number is 1-800-222-5222. And I'm going to say you should call in and listen to Elizabeth's story, ask her a lot of questions. Again, that number is 1-800-222-5222. You could also email us with any questions at engage790 at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at The Dr. G Show, Facebook and Instagram, at Dr. Gluss on Twitter. And you can go right now on Facebook at the Dr. G Show, and watch us as we live stream. So there's no excuse not to be connected to us for this evening. So, Elizabeth, you heard that introduction. I want to welcome you to the show first off. Thank you, thank you. Gosh, I don't know if I can live up to that introduction. It's it was rather late. impressive. You already have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, I'll try. So as a psychologist, let me ask you this first question. You know, Why don't you explain to our audience uh how you decided to create your career, like why you made the decision to not let money get in the way of uh, creating projects that you love to create. Well, 
I think I have a quite a unique philosophy and I've had it my whole life, which is I really want to enjoy my life. I've only got one. That's so rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you, you have this uh, way of being brought up and you believe that you've got to do certain things, which uh, I understand. You know, we all have to go to school or supposedly go to school, go to university. And I think I was brought up in a way that that was very much what was expected of me. In fact, I remember I was going to not go to university and my father very clearly said to me, no, you need to go. So I thought, well, I'll do some, you know, creative degree. And even then he said, no, you have to add English to that because that's, you know, at least then you can get a proper job. So this has always been there behind me. But I think it was about wanting to really just enjoy each day and make the most of it. But I do understand there are also financial restrictions on that. And, you know, listening to what you were saying, one of the biggest things that I would stick to is to say that I, I am always concerned about the money, but I don't let it stop me. And what I mean by that is I, I don't let it hold me back. Like, I'm not impractical. No, and I think that's very important for our audience to hear. It's not that you live in this fantasy world and are not concerned about money. Knowing you, you're very grounded in the money situation, but you also say to yourself, I, I'm just repeating, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to go out there and try to do the projects I want to do because being in that zone, being in that creative space makes me happy. It does. And I think also if you if you have that behind what you do, then I'm not saying the money naturally flows. But if you are happy and everybody is feeling that, then everybody's vibe is so much better. And that will naturally start to progress. You'll you'll bring people on with you. That goes with saying that people say, you know, the universe will provide. And I believe in that in this respect, the same way that you said, if you are connected to yourself and you try to go out there and um, sort of feel that passion and try to create it in your in your work, other people will connect to it. And I hear from patients all the time. Well, Dr. G, you're not being very practical. I have a kid. I have family. I have mortgages to pay. I can't just go after a passion. Mm -hmm. And your okay. response, Elizabeth? So there are two two things about that. <laughs> the first is that I make sure that if I am doing something that maybe I am bringing other people on board, I will always make sure that they can do it. I'll say, look, if this doesn't work for you and you need a full-time job or you need to get paid and this, this particular film isn't going to provide what it needs for you, don't do it. I don't want anybody to ever feel that they're being put in a position. So that also allows people to go, oh, okay, so I'm doing this because I really want to do this. Oh, that's good. So that's a different mindset. But then as far as my own expenses are concerned, again, I think this is important. I'm not living a lifestyle where I'm living in my Malibu mansion with my five cars, with all my servants and um, 20 not? children. No, oh, okay. I'm not that's actually. Too bad. <laughs> um, as you know, I live on a boat. Yes, and actually, that was the next thing. You yeah, live on a boat. I made that choice. Okay. I actually made that choice to say if my rent was, let's say, 3K a month, but yet living on a boat can be $700 a month, well, then suddenly I've got excess money there that I was just wasting that I could put into a project. So what you've done is what you said. I'm being fiscally responsible. Exactly. And I'm figuring out what my expenses are and, uh, you know, how I can create from that place. I want to remind our audience, I want to hear your story of inspiration so we can share it, especially during the holiday season, how you may have gone out there and created a life for yourself and the obstacles that you face. Our number is one 800 Two 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 five two two two, and like I said, you could email us at engage seven ninety at gmail dot com. 
Everybody faces uh, fears and anxieties when they go out there. I think that's important for people to hear, that even when you're doing what you're doing, there's a whole psychological process of how do we manage the unknown? How do we manage our anxieties? So I'm going to ask you, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you on the couch, so to speak. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How do you manage yours? Okay, well, um, I actually acknowledge it. So I have a a savings account that I have decided over the next 16 months I'll actually be spending because I know that instead of that money sitting there and me spending it over the next maybe few years, I will get much more pleasure and learn more and be um, on this journey that there's no way I could do otherwise and create all my projects and spend that money. But I'm still doing it frugally. I'm not putting all that money into one film. And that allows me uh, that position of feeling like it's mine. Um, And so there's a sense of control. But equally... I have to tell myself, because there are panic moments of, oh, my God, I'm spending all my savings. And I I, I wouldn't say this this is an important thing to do if someone does have five children that need the school fees paying for or whatever. You know, this isn't about being irresponsible. But for me, it is about saying that that is fearful that I am going to be doing that. But I know that what I'm going to learn from it and actually how I'm going to grow as a person and the outcome of it is worth it. And I wouldn't get that otherwise. You know what I do when I uh, do, actually, I just had this as I was coming to the radio station, talking to Melissa, who's here, my producer for the show, talking about all my anxiety (laughs) around money, what goes through my head, because I'm actually about to engage on a project that I'm going to spend a lot of money on uh, and take some risks on. I say to myself, you know, I know, I kind of know in my head this has worked out for me before. I know my safety zone as far as where I, what I can spend and what I can't. But I always know that I, I can't allow change to happen in my life if I don't allow for the room to, for change to happen, if that makes sense. I've got to be able to let go of things that I thought were safe and secure that without me realizing it or having people like Melissa tell me it's holding you back. To go, I got to let go of that. And in that space, I got to learn how to tolerate my anxiety. But isn't that also about saying what's the worst that can happen? So I always take myself to that place. I could come live in your boat. You could. (laughs) Everybody can come and live on my boat. We have that everybody on the station right now. I want you to know. We have uh, our our, everyone. You're going to have seven people tonight come live on your boat. So if you want to live on uh, Elizabeth's (laughs) boat, (laughs) she's given you that invitation. Um, you know, it's, we're going to talk about your projects in a moment. We're going to take a break. But I wanted to set up the psychology of it first so people could see that it's a journey. It's difficult. It's challenging for everyone, but it's also very rewarding. And out of that journey, you have be able, been able to create some amazing projects. So I want to be able to talk about some specifics when we get back from the break. I'm Dr. G. We're going to be back right after the commercials. ABC listening to The Shrink and The Showman with Dr. G. I'm Dr. G. We're listening to The Shrink and The Showman. Tonight we have a show woman. Her name is Elizabeth Blake Thomas. What I love about this woman is, um, apart from being 
Well, am I allowed to sing it with the hashtag Me Too? Yeah, you can say can any say, compliment. Uh, parping, <laughs> what, what did we say before? You have a face for radio. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, she's a British writer, director, and philanthropist. She's also very inspirational because she's created her own path in Hollywood and created many successful films. Our number is 1-800-222-5222. You can also email us at engage790 at gmail.com. If you want to share one of your inspirational stories or ask either of us any questions, we'd love to hear from you. The number again is 1-800-222-5222, engage790 at gmail.com. Um, well, Elizabeth, I just want you to know that at the break, we've had seven emails from seven different people asking where your boat is, how big it is, it is and how they can come and stay on it. So, uh, but we won't, that's private information. Yeah, we won't yeah. give that away. Let's not put that out yet. All right. Unless they're a six foot three, you know, gorgeous hunk. I'm on the market. No, I'm joking. It's okay. I'm not available, but maybe, you know, it could happen. That's another show. <laughs> that's another show. Your projects. Can you, uh, you have some great ones going on right now. Pick one that you want to share with our audience. Oh, gosh, that is difficult because you're right. I do. I love them all. Uh, I think, well, the one I'm about to start shooting, that's obviously my favorite at the moment. Uh, and that is based on a true story. And it's a true story about my daughter and her best friend, who was a hundred year old lady. And, and my how daughter old is your daughter? Well, she was 10 when she met her and the okay. old lady was 94. And then my daughter six years so went up to 16 and Millie nearly made 101 and they were the best of friends so I love creating a project that is based on a true story but also something that people can learn from and I think that there's a whole community there of the older generation that sometimes we just forget or you know we brush past and so that that story is going to be very powerful and it's going to be a feature? It is indeed, yeah. And as you looked at the connection between your daughter and Millie, is that the, That's right. the woman? Um, what do you think were some of the fundamental characteristics that brought them together? Uh, I think as a single mum, actually, who was off working and trying to you know make ends meet and do this crazy directing thing, uh, my daughter found a, a real friend there, uh, another female that she could go around to. Also, I homeschooled my daughter. So my daughter was at home. You boat schooled your daughter. I did. I boat schooled her. <laughs> and airplane schooled her and train schooled her right. and hotel schooled her. Um, and so she would be able to have that time and freedom to go and learn from her. And in fact, this old lady taught my daughter how to gamble, how to play cards, how to shuffle, and taught her how all sorts of naughty things. <laughs> yes. She was a very naughty old lady. Okay. Um, um, and so there was a, just a natural connection there between them, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, you can pick a lot of things in your life when you're creating your own projects. And there's so many choices. What guides you as far as what's your decision process in trying to pick the projects you want to work on? Well, do you know what? It's not just about the projects. It's about everything in life. I listen to my gut. Okay. Everything I do, I listen to my gut. I also don't spend too long thinking about it because if my gut just feels right, I just go for it. And in fact, that's how I also uh, give out roles for my films, cast-wise or crew. Uh, a lot of people send resumes. I don't actually ever look at them because I need to meet that person. And if I see that person, there's the right vibe and I know they can work with me. It doesn't matter if they've done one thing or done a million things. So I always work with my gut. And stories is the same. If something just gets me, I love true stories, but I also love stories that are going to have an impact on people. 
And, uh, you know, I, I like what you said about that. I was just going through this recently dealing with a, a patient, and the other provider uh, asked me for notes on the patient. I said, you know, I, sure, I can send you all my clinical notes, et cetera, but, you know, we'd be so much better if we just got on a phone call and be able to discuss it because then you're going to get a sense of who I am, I'm going to get a sense of who you are, and we can treat this person together. And it's that kind of synergy I, I believe works so well on a film too, that you're right. It doesn't just come from a resume. It's flat. It's, yeah, it's well, it's a family. I mean, I'm literally building a little building family. A family. There are going to be 20 of us on set. We need to all get on and have this this communication, you know, set up together. And if we're not speaking the same language, then that's that's fine. This this set isn't right for you. But I I've never gone with any other thing. I mean, in all honesty, that's how I also bought my boat. I kind of <laughs> I said to my daughter Your one morning, be a big part of this it interview. is. Yeah. Well, I, I said to her, and actually, my car was the same thing. <laughs> I said to my daughter, okay, I'm going to go and have a look at this. It's just down the road. And she said, Mummy, please don't buy it. I said, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just having a look. Here's, I'll leave my cards here and everything. And then two hours later, I called her up and I said, can I have my social security number? And she said, she said you bought the you bought boat. Right. And, then, and then I left and I called right. my mum on the way and she said, has it got engines? And I went... I don't know. I'm not going to be taking it out. <laughs> so, yeah, my gut has a lot. Do you, ever, do you ever take the boat out? No. See, so what do you need an exactly. engine for? Exactly. You know, like we said at the break, you know, it's what? Let's say I don't know how much about was. It's twenty or thirty thousand dollars to buy the boat and sit on the ocean. Yeah, and it's twenty million dollars to be <laughs> staring at the ocean. Yeah, and you'd have to. You well, maybe you wouldn't have to clean your own toilet because maybe you'd have servants. But right. I don't need to either on my boat. Because okay, that was the big mystery, and then That's we'll get right. on to your other. Yeah. as uh, you explained to us the bathroom situation. Yeah, I used the yacht club one, so it's great. But do you know what? I also bought it originally because that is where I wanted to go and sit and write, because it is a oh, really a incredible timeout space. Um, and there's so much noise going on in our everyday life that I, I there's some connection with the water, and I love that feeling of being grounded all the time. In fact, I researched it the other day because I thought, am I strange? I like to not wear shoes. I like to sleep on the floor, and I love being by the water. And I don't really like wearing many clothes. Like winter does not suit me. Um, and so, so, so I realized, that's why you left England, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it grounds me. Yeah. So I can sit there and write those incredible stories. And, and tell us. About about Unseen, your film about child trafficking. Yeah, well, that was something that somebody came to me, actually, when I was at Sundance and told me a story. And because I have a 17-year-old, that was another reason of what stories are relevant to her. So I either make a story that's relevant because she should be watching something like that or because it's relevant as a subject matter. And I don't know, foolishly, or I consider myself an intelligent woman, but I hadn't realised how social media really... Is, is playing a huge role in the facilitation of this child trafficking or human exploitation. And in, I knew I wanted respect? to show that. Well, because even when you... Um, well, this one specifically was about failure. So these people put up fake posters, fake auditions, fake competitions, and they target... Uh, an audience that wants to be famous. You know, everybody wants to be famous nowadays. Right. And they're using social media to do that. So then all these kids apply. These guys come into the towns and they put a fake position up. The kids come in and there are some that are more vulnerable than others and they're able to pick and choose and, and take them right from there. And, and where is this mostly happening? Well, I will say that the top place is California and then Very Texas and then Florida. Yeah. 
But okay. this story well, was actually very... Utah. Really? But, but California, yeah. And is there anything we can do to help stop it? Well, do you know, one of the biggest things, again, as an intelligent woman, I hadn't even worked out, because I do it myself, we all add hashtags, don't we? So we all put hashtag film, hashtag director, I put today on the radio, hashtag feeling blessed and all the positive stuff. But a lot of kids or teens, hashtag hate my parents, hashtag lonely. And when you type a hashtag in, those hashtags come up and you can see all those posts. So suddenly there are, what, 100,000 people that have put those words in that the people that are targeting these kids can find. Hashtag commit suicide, hashtag feeling depressed. And they can target them specifically. So if you're aware of that then you wouldn't write that. You know, when, when I listen to what you're saying, I find, you know, as a psychologist, I just find it so frustrating and, and disturbing that, uh, you know, even to this day, I have to constantly fight for this concept of mental health awareness and for people to understand the impact that issues like depression and anxiety and PTSD, especially a lot of kids that have been bullied, uh, kids from uh, minorities, other cultures, what they face constantly, that we just don't place enough attention on mental health issues, and then people become very vulnerable. Exactly yes. what you said right now. They are. It, it, it's Actually, it's very scary. My daughter's just become an ambassador for suicide awareness because in the last two years, four people that we know have killed, killed themselves. So a 16-year-old, her friend, 30-year-old, 23-year-old. It's, it affects everybody. Yeah, and unfortunately what happens a lot of times is until it doesn't, until it affects you personally, you don't really do much about it, and that's so sad. But I think that's so great that you put out that film. Um, and, you know, increase our awareness because a lot of times it's just increasing awareness that is so important. I learned so much on this show about so many different issues that I didn't even know a lot of times existed or my own, uh, as I call, unconscious prejudice I may have towards something. Mm, likewise. And, and so it allows it allows people to grow, and that's what I love about what you've done. It allows people to grow and become aware. Well, I think it's about education. Yeah, the more we can educate, and that's right. why I try to also make films for an age. This one was specifically not for the older audience and showing something that was graphic. It was about starting a conversation. Well, I think starting a conversation, like I said, is so important. And so if you'd like to join in our conversation, the number is 1-800-222-5222. You can also reach us at engage790 at gmail.com. I did receive an email I want to share with you. And it's sort of apropos to what we're doing right now about talking about money, anxiety, etc. It said, Dear Dr. G, I am terrified I will never have enough money regardless of how much money I have. I know it's not rational, but sometimes I can't control it. What advice would you give me? And this is from Lenny from Glendale. So talk about it from a personal standpoint, and I will too. Okay, well, I suppose my first question would be that idea Oh, actually, of... we have to take a break. Oh, oh. well, then wait for <laughs> so it. So we can have lots wait of commercial going, so we can make lots of money and not be <laughs> anxious about it. But we'll be back. We're going to start with this. I'm going to repeat the email when we get back. I'm Dr. G. We'll be back right after the commercials. You're listening to The Shrink and The Showman with Dr. G. I'm Dr. G. We're here with The Shrink and The Showman. Tonight we have a fabulous uh, show woman. 
Her name is Elizabeth Blake Thomas. The reason I wanted Elizabeth to come out right now, especially during the holidays, is I find her work so inspirational, both her projects and who she is as a human being. She has taken her life and she's made it her own and she has created success with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. I want to keep bringing that up because people just think, oh, it's just so easy. I just walk through a field of daisies and (laughs) make this uh, stuff happen. And I know it's not that way. And uh, I am uh, just feeling honored to have you on, especially with the work you've done with Unseen, which is around uh, child trafficking. I I did want to say that I wanted to address this before we talk, um, but, you know, passion to me is such a big deal because I work a lot in drug and alcohol rehab. I have my own company, Concierge Detox LA, where we go into people's homes and basically create detox and rehab and the privacy in their homes, and we personalize the service. But I find that there is kind of this push-pull that people have with the concept of passion. They want to create passion in their lives the way you have, but at the same time they feel, well, it's too unpractical, or I can't do it, or, you know, they come up with all kinds of reasons. And what you've done that is a lesson to everyone is that you've taken your passion and then you've put practicality into it. Well, I'm just going to go live on a boat. Because then I could do this. I'm going to um, try to, I know this from talking to you, I'm going to try to exchange services to try and get some time in a studio. So I'm going to take my passion and then make it real. So the message I want to give to people out there is if you have a passion, there are ways to make it real. And ultimately it goes with what you said as your first comment. I want to be happy. And that is so important. We have a caller. I want to bring her on, and we're going to address her question. Her name is Anna, and she's from Hollywood. So, Anna, I want to welcome you to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm great. And uh, why don't you share your uh, question with our audience? I just wanted to speak to Elizabeth because she's just – I'm a huge fan of her work. I've seen Unseen, and I just love the fact that she makes movies regardless um, of the budget that she has. And I just, I just wanted to ask her um, what she, what, what are her greatest lessons that she's learned um, from navigating um, this industry, basically? That's a great question. So why don't you take it over? Uh, Elizabeth. Okay, the the lessons I've learned. Well, first of all, every first of all, thank you for your question, Anna. Uh, and secondly, the the lessons that I've learned are constant, and I think that's something people don't realise as well. They feel like maybe when they've made a film, then they've learnt what they needed to learn, and that's it. Now they can go on. Every time I do something, I learn something new. So it could be something as simple as actually it seemed like a good idea to have that amount of crew, but actually I enjoy a smaller crew. And that goes back to rules as well and guidelines of what people think you should do. So when you try and stick to something that people say, well, you need to have, you know, uh, 35 crew members at least and you must have several locations and you must. Uh, and when I do that, I've then gone, hold on, that doesn't sit right with me. I, I needed to do something that so, was my own. So would you say that one of the lessons uh, we can share with Anna is that every project has its own rules? Exactly. And you can decide those. That's the biggest thing I've learned overall is that there are no rules. 
that the rules evolve. Yeah, you can make your own rules up. Okay, let's give Anna one more lesson. Another lesson. <laughs> Another lesson. Oh, let's think. Well, I think it's also to say that don't have it, have no fear. Because if I had thought uh, too much detail about what was going to happen at the end of my project, I might not have done it. You know, you have to just go for it, and then and then you can worry about that. You know what? I've taken so many jobs in my life where I in, where I've known sort of instinctually I can do it, so I will accept it. And most of the time, I learn the other way around. So people may say to me, you know, Doctor Buzz, how did you become an expert in schizophrenia? And I go, I got a job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I learned the other way around. Yeah. Anna, uh, I hope uh, we've been able to answer your question. I think there's two great lessons there: is that each project requires its own set of rules and embrace fear. Yeah, that's great for someone who who's really trying to make her own work. Um, because you hear things like, oh, you can only do this for a certain amount of money or you have to do something in a certain way. So it's really great to hear from somebody who is actually making her own way. Exactly. And who's but is also I keep on putting this uh, in perspective, too, who's also very grounded in reality. So both yeah. are happening yeah. at the same time, but for not sure. so grounded that you don't go after dreams. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, thank, thank you very you much so for much. calling in. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, so this idea of, um, well, passion, just, you know, why don't you address it a little bit? I know how that's how I deal with it in my life is uh, I figure at this point in my life, I the more I can do stuff that really excites me, I think the better off I'm going to be. That doesn't mean I'm not filled at times with fear or anxiety or doubt, but I also learned that that's part of the process and I try to embrace it. Yeah, I think it's um, it, it is a scary concept, but I also know that I just couldn't live if I don't if I don't have my passion, if I'm not creative. So every day, I mean, it's, I'm driving along and I'll come up with a concept. I'm sitting around and I come up with an idea um, and it's great to have that many. And then I kind of bring them back under, OK, what will work? What should I go for next? You know, I'm shooting five features in the next 16 months and I'm funding those. And that's flipping scary that, that's kind of like oh my gosh <laughs> thank you for saying flipping <laughs> yeah, flipping that's a very british world yeah. um but 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 that's jolly my good. passion jolly yes. good jolly hockey sticks but that's my passion so therefore how can i i can't i couldn't look at myself in the mirror and not be true to who i am okay so answer this question someone may say to you um, but Elizabeth, you have five feature films going. Don't you think you're spreading yourself too thin? Shouldn't you just concentrate on one at a time? So I, I did actually think about this the other day because I, uh, I it was Thanksgiving and come the day before Thanksgiving and my whole team were with me and we were sitting having a lovely meal and I was just in heaven. And then I suddenly it was like nine o'clock at night. And I said, so, so people probably want to go home, don't they? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, OK. But I but everybody had had a wonderful time with me. And I think the way I managed to do it is because actually that is what I do. I love it so much that it never feels like a day of work. Like I just said to you, even on the Christmas holidays, I'm so excited because I'm actually going to go and sit and edit for a week or two weeks. It's The passion is there so much that I, I just do it 24-7. And, you know, having multiple projects, um, you know, I'm a person like that too. I'll have several things going on at the same time. And, people, and, and sometimes people say to me, well, you're scattering yourself in too many directions and i'll say well you know what certain projects take 
precedent at certain times and other ones are put on the back burner. But they all keep me creative and thinking. So one feeds the other. I find it frustrating when people say to me, you know, you're a psych. They put me into a mold and they say, well, you're a psychologist. You should just deal with that, you know. And I'll say, well, no. I mean, there's a lot of different ways about being a psychologist. You can be in private practice. You can have a radio show. You can make films. I've written a book, you know. I think there's a lot of ways we can express ourselves. Definitely. I think you're absolutely right. And I think by having all my projects, you're right about the level of them. So the one that I'm shooting at the moment is going to have the majority. But at the same time, I'm equally going to go and shoot a teaser for something else because that needs to keep on going. Because when you are a creative and self-employed, you can't just have one thing. No, you have I, think, to have I, I think you would you would just... Die. <laughs> I would. I would. Yeah, no, I mean, I've got a documentary at the going. Even actually, I forget how many things I've got on because when it's relevant, I'll bring them up. Right. They don't that, need and, to and be at the forefront the whole time. Business that you have, <laughs> yes. you know, that's yeah, that's been, right. That's right. Yeah, that's going the too. New, yeah, the new building. Right, exactly. That you valley park cars <laughs> that are coming into where your boat is yeah, docked. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Um, I am here was the email. I want to address it. We didn't address it yet. Uh, Dear Dr. G, I'm terrified I will never have enough money regardless of how much money I have. I know it's not rational, but sometimes I can't control it. What advice would you give me? I have some thoughts about it, but... Well, I suppose my immediate thought is, well, how much money does that person think they actually do need? And that's a perspective on what people think. Look, we have got bills and we have got um, things that need paying, but we also live up to a standard that maybe we think we need things that then cost money. I've got a friend of mine who owns a boat, a motorcycle, two cars, a house, three kids in private school, and the houses all around, and the bills are enormous. Actually, for me, I decided not to do that. So I think it's working out what it is you actually need to spend and what that's worth for you, your sanity versus having that big house. And, you know, psychologically, I think that I, I say this to myself and to patients at times, uh, many times too, the anxiety around money seems to be also related to anxieties about survival and who we are and whether or not uh, we're willing to take risks. Money gives us a sense of security. So I, I feel at times that the anxiety is related to something much deeper than just money, but we place it onto money because that seems a comfortable uh, sort of solid thing that we can hold on to. But really, we have to look at it on a much deeper level, especially if you've been traumatized in the past around money, like maybe you've gone bankrupt, etc. It's going to be very hard to take risks around money. So you have to try to look at the reality of the situation as to what it is right now, not based, not what it was, you know, a long time ago. Like people who had, who you know, had grown up in the depression and may have anxiety the rest of their lives around money, and realize at certain points in their life they actually may have enough money if they create the formula that you said to realize, oh. I actually, in reality, have enough money. Well, and also it's, it's, it's that case of what's the worst that can happen. Now, of course, I don't want to end up being you homeless. Lose but yeah, I could lose my boat. <laughs> but I look at that and go, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And if you, if you feel like you don't own anything, if everything was to go, if everything was gone, I, I could survive, I could do it. And when you let yourself feel like that, there's a sense of vulnerability that goes and a sense of fear that disappears. And I always look at it and go, do you know, I could always do this. I could exactly. always do that. Or I could always, something will happen. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to take a break in a moment. I want to hear when we get back about uh, your mother and daughter entertainment company and um, just basically, you know, a little bit about the projects, but also more advice as to what you would give to people who are doing what you're doing. Because I also want to say you work in the mainstream too, so it's not like you would refuse a project that maybe you wouldn't create, but you have both going at the same time. So by having both, it empowers you. And you don't put yourself into a needy place. And a lot of times great projects come to us when we're not in that place. I'm Dr. G. We'll be back right after the commercials. You're listening to The Shrink and the Showman with Dr. G. I'm Dr. G. And we're here with The Shrink and the Showman. And I don't understand why we don't have a jingle that says The Shrink and the Showgirl or Showwoman. <laughs> but I'll have to talk to uh, higher ups about that. But uh, we have Elizabeth Blake Thomas. She is a British writer, director, philanthropist, founder of Mother and Daughter Entertainment. And I want to talk about that. But before that, I have a couple things I want to mention. Um, Sand and Shores PR, they're one of our great sponsors. Uh, the woman who heads it, Tanya McKenzie, is amazing. She really is a storyteller, and she tells stories through her PR work. She can establish a stronger connection with your target audience. She grows your business or public image in an authentic and powerful way. So let Tanya at Sand and Shores help you master your messaging and increase your brand awareness. It's sandandshores.com, 424-262-1920. That's 424-262-1920. Also, next week, uh, we have a solution show. I'll be joined with my co-host, Dr. Damon Raskin, and we're going to talk about alternative treatments for addiction. That's next week at 8 p.m. here on uh, uh, with Dr. G at The Solution. And I'm excited to announce that on January 5th, I'm going to be starting a new show called Rock with the Doc. And what we're going to be doing is increasing mental health awareness in the music and entertainment industry. I am the uh, doc part of it, not the rock part. <laughs> and we're going to do it mostly through interviews and great information and just have a lot of fun. So it is my passion to try to increase uh, mental health awareness in the entertainment industry. Our number here is one 800 Two 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 five two two two. You can email us at engage seven ninety at gmail dot com. Follow us on social media at the Doctor G Show on Facebook and Instagram at Doctor Gluss on Twitter. And if you want to join us right now, we're on Facebook Live at the Doctor G Show. So lots of ways to keep connected. Um, I want to talk about mother-daughter entertainment. Why don't we start about that? But I also want to talk about our what we talked about, <laughs> about taking risks financially and what that means. Well, I mean, we can encompass it at the same time, yes. I suppose. And we have five minutes to do it. So okay, go. quick, quick, quick. <laughs> save the world, save the world. Save the um, world in five minutes. Okay, so I, I try. So mother-daughter entertainment uh, is my daughter and I. 
and we work together. I love her to pieces. She's my best friend. She's 17, homeschooled, and it just... Boat schooled. Boat schooled. Correct. Yeah, I'll keep correcting it. And, uh, and so, therefore, it just seems silly that we weren't working together and to make something official. But that actually could lead to the idea of the, the financial side because people would think, oh, well, to make a business, you've got to pay out all this money, you've got to do all these things. Well, actually, she created the website... Um, I found another mother-daughter to join with us. We make all our projects together. We work together. So you can create something um, and not have that huge cost behind you if you're all with the same um, mental uh, kind of um, goal. But what I, what I know from your work that is great is that you've created this little village, this family that you work with, and all these people that are similar to yourself that go out there and create these great projects. It's so, people, so important for people to hear out there that you cannot do this on your own. You have to find the support and you have to find like-minded people. If you go out there with a passion the way you have it, chances are you're going to attract similar people. Definitely. In fact, once I was sitting at home writing, that was the thing. And someone said to me, well, you know, it's great that you know who Steven Spielberg is, but he doesn't know who you are. And I totally shifted my mindset and thought, oh, yeah, I need to be out. Even if I'm not actually writing, but I'm sitting with my laptop in a coffee shop, who knows who I'm going to meet? And so I just started to build that. And I always give the advice that it's about building friendships. I always make lots of friends. Yeah, it's, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. You you honestly never know where it's going to happen, what it's where it's going to, you know, how it's going to have it's like you know you're in the grocery store and you reach for a box of cereal and the person next to you said here let me help you and you end up getting married to them <laughs> oh well yeah. let me know which grocery store that is because i might go there <laughs> I, I, I hold, yes of course it's the one near your boat great great okay <laughs> um i want to make sure we cover this Sometimes taking, you know, I know how you said about the fear and anxiety around money. A lot of times you could have downsized. But sometimes there are um, callings, I'll use that term, in our life that requires us to actually take a, take a leap of faith to actually have to make more money than we thought we were going to and increase our ability to do that. And that also has a certain amount of risk. Like you may decide to produce a film on your own and suddenly realize Oh, I'm going to have to come up with a hundred grand to make this happen, or you know, that's a very small amount. But yeah, so no, it, it, you're right. It, it is about taking those risks and growing yourself. So, but I think it's not just the financials. So it could be that you say, you know, this is where I've always lived. This is what I've always done. I need to get that bigger house now because I need to push myself. So one of my biggest things actually is that I actually have a an assistant that I pay now. And that was a big thing for me. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was like, well, I can't do this on my own. So in order for me to double what I do now, I need to pay somebody. I don't just want an intern. I don't just want that. I need somebody. So that was me expanding my vessel, growing myself. Otherwise, that wasn't going to happen. But don't you feel like to allow it to happen, you have created a certain reality at a certain place in your life and felt secure in it and knew that I'm going to have to bring this to the next place and sometimes the best way to do it is to just abandon yourself let go and allow things to happen yeah no I do I think there was a moment where I realized I'm either going to stay the same or I have to push this and it is uncomfortable but then you know if it's slightly uncomfortable then it's worth the push I always say to myself that if it's creating a certain level of anxiety that I call healthy anxiety yes then it's a good thing Definitely. If it's creating so much anxiety 
that I can't really function or I'm losing too much sleep or whatever. Maybe I'm just not ready for it yet. And that's okay to acknowledge that as well. But I think there's a fine line between anxiety and excitement. I'm putting this film together. It's something totally different, a whole new concept, all my money. And I'm anxious, but I'm excitedly anxious. And that's a great place to be in life. That's what you said, to come full circle. The idea of maybe happiness is about being anxious and being excited at the same time. Uh, Elizabeth, if people wanted to find out more about your work, how could they do so? I'm available on all platforms. Yes. I'm at Elizabeth <laughs> underscore B you underscore T. <laughs> no. um, it used then, to be you could just give out your fax number. Yeah, and that I would know. Be that would be it. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not giving my address, though. No, um, don't give that. So motheranddaughterent.com. Um, Elizabeth Blake Thomas for Facebook and Elizabeth underscore B underscore T for all the other things. And uh, I do want to remind our audience, if you miss any of this information, you can always contact me at drhowardgloss at live.com. I'd be happy to share that information with you. So we only have a a couple minutes left in the show. I know it goes by incredibly quickly. Any final thoughts that... You know, I always say this, this is kind of my motto, but I just don't want you to leave thinking, God, I wish I would have said this while I <laughs> oh was my God, on the, the pressure, show. The pressure, yeah, the pressure. Um, but can you say it in about a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would be to say to people, do go for it, because there's nothing worse. I, I love that saying that they say, um, you've seen the meme where she's skidding into her grave and she's saying, oh, thank goodness, you know, what a ride. And to me, that's what I want to be doing. At the end of every day, I say to myself, would I be happy if I died today? Yeah, I've done it. I'm good. And so I live by that every day as much as I can. And it's not necessarily about having projects always completed because you may die and have five projects still in the world. Absolutely. But it's about being in that energy and being in that excitement. And um, I think passion to me, I find it so important and fascinating because of someone, again, who works a lot in the drug and alcohol community and the addiction community, both behavioral addictions, drugs and alcohol addiction, I find that once someone gets sober and once they've been able to um, sort of establish a certain sense of uh, stability, there's an emptiness that can come over them. And the emptiness a lot of times has to be filled up. But it has to be filled up with something that gives you meaning. Something that gives you purpose, whatever that is. It could be grandkids, it could be anything, it could be creative projects. But I find that if people have that going on in their lives and it's so individualized, they have much more of a chance of, quote, making it and making their lives uh, pretty great. So that's the message I want to give out to people. And that's, I believe, the message you share with me. Eddie. So, Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And Thank that is Elizabeth Blake Thomas. I'm Dr. G. Next week, we're going to be talking about alternative uh, drug and alcohol therapies. This show furnished by Key Light Counseling Center.